Hi, family. Deacon Charlie here. I hope you're having an awesome summer of faith, family, and yes, even some fun. I wanted to just spend 30 seconds with you to share with you a little something about this episode and all the subsequent episodes you are going to hear on Living the Call in the month of August. We're doing a little something special because couple weeks ago, I had the opportunity to return to the Napa Institute Summer Conference. For those of you who don't know, the Napa Institute is a Catholic lifestyle organization, essentially, that puts on great thought leadership events for Catholic leaders, entrepreneurs, philanthropists, clergy, etc. And they have one big summer summit in beautiful Napa, California, where all of these folks come together and pray together and discuss strategies and hear amazing talks. And basically, Basically, it's a great group of just awesome thought leaders. And anyway, last year I did something similar to what we're doing this year. We recorded some episodes from there on the ground with people who were attending. This year we did the same, but with a little bit of a twist. So this year, I'm very happy to say that we partnered with EWTN, Eternal Word Television Network. You're very familiar with it, no doubt. Um, And we partnered with them on their big reveal, big announcement that they made there at the Napa Institute, which was the reveal of an initiative called EWTN Next. EWTN Next is a multi-year enterprise-wide digital-first initiative to basically bring the gospel to the world using all of the new and contemporary methods, means, and strategies that media companies use today in the secular world. Anyway, there's lots that you can learn about Next by going to next.ewtn.com. That's next.ewtn.com, and you can learn all about Uh, that initiative on that website. What we're going to be doing for the month of August is bringing you some of the conversations I had there on the ground with people who are thought leaders in their own rights from a broad sector of the Catholic world, all different uh, ages, races, uh, areas of focus, uh, backgrounds in terms of spirituality. And we had some conversations around this concept of EWTN Next and what their perspective is not just on EWTN and what they announced, but also on how they utilize different strategies, approaches, and media to achieve the ends that each of them represents. You're going to hear from apostolate leaders and actors, producers, etc. It was really a fun time. They're short episodes, so they're between you know 10 and 12 minutes, but we're going to be releasing them over the course of these following weeks. And I wanted you to have that information to give you a little sense of context in terms of what you're about to hear. So if you want to find out more about these next few episodes for the month of August, again, go to EWTN. .next.com and we'll return to our regular programming in the month of September. God bless you. Have a great summer. Finish strong. Amen. Samantha Kelly. Good to be here. First time in Napa? Yes. Exciting for you to be here? Yeah, it's been really rich. Well, I was excited to see you. Yeah. Obviously, we know one another from before this, yeah. but... Um, to tell folks who may not know about you, you're the president of Fierce. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So Fierce is made up of Fierce Athlete, and we just launched a branch for coaches called Fierce Coach. So Fierce Athlete's mission is to promote true identity and femininity in female athletics, really training the whole person, so physically, mentally, and spiritually. And then um, Fierce Coach is meant to be a resource for coaches of female athletes, helping mm. them have the proper philosophy behind coaching. So it's not a utilitarian thing. You're there to love and serve the souls you're entrusted with. But then we also give them a lot of resources of how to navigate some of the 
hot button issues that they're dealing with with their women. When I first heard about you, I'd never heard of anything along the lines of what it is that you do. What was the sort of genesis or the reason that you thought that this was important to do? I'm assuming some of it ties into your own background as an athlete. Yeah. So the reason I started Fierce is I was a D1 soccer player at UConn and navigated a very toxic culture. Mm. Uh, a lot of hazing, a lot of partying, a lot of same-sex attraction um, on my team. And so I come in, you know, I grew up Catholic, but I come in and all of these things were very new to me and I didn't know how to navigate them. Mm. Um, it wasn't until I had a reversion my junior year that I really began to um, seek to change the culture of my team, to speak truth in love, but to invite the women on my team. I was out of 30 women, the only practicing Catholic or Christian. Wow. To invite them to consider an alternate way of living, really. And, and it was really fruitful. You know, by my fifth year, I had 12 girls praying with me before games and in Bible study, and I saw the culture really shift. So that kind of projected me then into becoming a focus missionary. Uh, so I worked with the athletes of the University of Texas, but it was my fifth year as a missionary where I encountered the theology of the body. And I mean, I'm dealing with women struggling with eating disorders, promiscuity, same-sex attraction. And it was that teaching, I felt like that was the anecdote, right? Because it talks about the beauty of the body, which athletes are so in tune with their bodies, mm. the beauty of femininity, the beauty of our sexuality. And so when I left focus, I saw this gap where there was nothing out there for women specifically in the athletic realm, uh, willing to talk about these issues, but also willing to help them, yeah, live an integrated life. Mm. And when you're helping them live an integrated life, can you talk a little bit about the role of media? Maybe mm -hmm. for you personally, as an individual athlete, president of this apostolate, but also in, in how you might use media to communicate with your own community of, of folks that you're serving. Yeah, media is important, I think, with our young people today. Right. They're always on their cell phones. Mm -hmm. uh, if you look at athletes, right, they have a whole platform. You know, they they have sponsors now yeah. and they're always following each other, learning from each other, you know, on the kind of the negative side, comparing themselves to each other, competing with each other in that realm. And there's so much, I think, just toxic information out there, which perpetuates, I believe, the toxic culture in athletics. Mm. Um, and so, you know, at Fierce, we have a podcast, uh, we have some video resources that we share with athletes and the athletes are actually following to be um, kind of a counter, a, a voice of truth um, amidst all they're seeing. Now, the other thing is, I think with young people today, they fear vulnerability. Hmm. So they, at least with athletes, they're, they're not maybe as likely to go into a, a group and talk about their struggles, Right. Um, that happens more in the one-on-one, -on -one, but when they can learn about a topic, learn about the truth of, of who they are and the, what they're called to and begin that shift almost privately first, mm. then, they, then they're kind of given the resources um, to then maybe seek a community. But it's kind of, I found it's the, kind of one of the first touch points because athletes are curious when they're right living in, in such toxic environments, they're curious for some level of truth. Mm -hmm. And they're using mobile devices and other media to yeah. learn more about that. So as you know, um, EWTN is here this week, mm -hmm. made a big announcement around a project called EWTN Next. Yep. That's sole purpose is to really help audiences lead an integrated Catholic life and attract new audiences into the EWTN a family. When I think of you, frankly, you're sort of the embodiment of next. You know, you're millennial, you're a leader in your field, you're accomplished, you're devout. And I, I'm curious of what role, you know, media has played for you personally or how you use it today yourself yeah. personally 
to sort of stay grounded, stay connected um, to your faith and also to all the other things that you're involved in. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for EWTN next. Um, you know, I grew up watching EW10 with my mom. You know, I, Mother Angelica is one of my personal heroes. She's on our, we have a spiritual board of saints for mm. fierce. She's um, on it? Yeah, she's on oh, it. Great. Just because that's she's great. so bold and feisty and yet feminine and mm. motherly. Um, and I think, you know, we, something that we really try to do is, is like you said, we try to walk with women in all phases of their life. Like yeah. we are a united being, we are body and soul. And the, the church spends a lot of time on the soul, right? Forming the soul, but we also need to form the intellect. We also need to un- help Catholics understand the importance of living a healthy lifestyle, right? So, so I mean, personally, I, I follow Catholic media, but then I, you know, I follow individuals who are living healthy lifestyles. Yeah. Um, athletes, right? Uh, you know, I think a lot of young people follow, you know, their model athlete. Mm-hmm. And so something that we try to do is, is put out model Catholic athletes, you know, that, that women can follow. What the secular world might regard as sort of influencers, mm-hmm. you kind of follow throughout social media and they, they help feed you, feed your spiritual yeah. life in, in some way. Yeah. And I think the, the antithesis of that, right, there's a, especially in the, the sports world, there's a lot of, oh, for sure. you know, anti-Catholic, anti-moral uh, leaders, mm-hmm. right? And so we have to we have to combat that because young girls are looking to these women who are not embodying true virtue. Do you view these digital platforms or vehicles as kind of the mission field in a way? In other words, well, an argument can be made, I don't want to be, I'm not going to be there because mm-hmm. of the, some of the things that you mentioned. Yeah. Another argument might be made, that's where people are, so I must be there. Yeah. How do you see it? When it comes to media, I think moderation is key. Right. Um, we, we, we're called to be missionaries, so we can't remove ourselves from the mission field. Mm-hmm. Yes. As a, as a consumer of media, you know, I have, um, boundaries, you know, in the, in the time spent on, on media. Um, but it's also really important for me to be aware of what's going on. Yeah. And the vast majority of, I'd say young adults and, and young people, that's where they are. If you were to think of your principal screen, if you have one screen that you had to pick, which would it be? Uh, can you define what do you mean like by a screen? screen? Television, mobile device, iPad. If you had one that oh. you that you needed the most for what it is that you do relative to yeah. media consumption, I'd say the probably the most important screen is the phone. Mobile, mobile. Yeah. I mean that's what's with you all the time. You also talked about a, a podcast that Fierce has, and I'm curious about what you believe the benefits are of say podcasting in general, mm-hmm. that, that whole world of podcasting has been a lot, obviously over the last several years and some very large personalities in the secular world that have emerged from that. But why, why podcasts specifically? Uh, I think podcasts are, um, they're usable mm. for lack of a better term. You know, uh, when I think of at least the population we reach, it's a lot of athletes, former athletes. You could easily throw on a podcast when you're on a run or when you're driving, right? So it's something that I don't have to sit down and watch. Uh, individuals today, we, we both know, are very busy. They're mm. always running around. And podcasts, I think, can meet them in their busyness, can give them some good content. Um, and then, yeah, they're, they're approachable in that way. Last question on community. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you having this community of athletes and former athletes and all the things that you've discussed is important. How, how have you used or what methods have you utilized to approach building that community and maintaining that community? Sure. Um, I mean, we, we partner with schools, so we, we go into existing communities and help reshape them. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then, you know, we're working on some coursework and building a community of former athletes because, you know, you leave your sport and you're usually pretty isolated. So I personally have a network of a ton of them and we're, we're beginning um, to, you know, integrate them and create an online community for them to get to know one another. Nice. So it's yeah. both virtual and physical. And in person. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, the whole duality makes mm -hmm. sense. Awesome. Sam, so awesome to see you again. Likewise. And thank you so much for stopping by. Absolutely. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.